How many pillows do you like on your bed, Andy? Um, two. That wasn't really the question. The question was, as we get older, more pillows seem to arrive on the bed. So how many have you got? Not how many you like. Uh, I think as you get older, I mean, just more more pillows seem to arrive. I get okay. Go on. I've got cushions and pillows, so that makes it exactly exactly. Yeah. Well, that's it. Go on. Let's go around. Okay, Andy. Andy, how many pillows you have in your bed? Exclude cushions for now. Just pillows. Okay. Are we coming back to cushions? No, we'll come like back it. to cushions. We'll come back to you're, cushions. So just pillows. You're a second round on cushions. Yeah, because I've got I've got a lot of I've got no, a lot no, of no, cushions. No, no, no. Just just, just so stay focused. Pillows. P- pillows. Okay, two. And how many do you use to sleep? Two. Right, two. two. Stu. Sleep with two. Number of well, number of pillows. Eight. Oh my god, uh, is that that each? No, four each, and then I sleep with three. But I always put a pillow on my on my, on my feet as well. Right. <laughs> Okay, Princess and the Pea. Princess and the Princess and the, <laughs> the Pecker. Okay, Loz, number of pillows? Six. Six pillows. So three each, and how many to sleep with? I sleep with none. They all go. <laughs> right. I think. Okay, and I have four, and I sleep with one. So it's two actually, two for me. So I sleep with one. Right. So cushions then, Andy. Cushions. I mean, I I don't even know how many. There's so <laughs> many cushions. Are they In scattered? Total, are they scattered? Oh, there are cushions in our flat. There are cushions scattered literally everywhere. I, almost sometimes I can't get in for cushions. Some, I, I come in the door sometimes and I have to even push them out of the way as I get through the door. There's so many. Yeah. No, I have to move cushions whenever I want to sit down. It's ridiculous. Stu, how many have you got? Can you beat and millions? I don't care if Josephine's listening. She knows my view on cushions. I can't beat Randy on that one, no. No, no cushions allowed on the bed. But Emma does still have Hold a breastfeeding cushion on the bed, you know, from years ago, because it's kind of like a horseshoe shape, and it's quite good if it's sort of propped up, and it's good for reading, quite, you know, lying, sort of sitting on the bed, quite sort of sitting up. I've said to for years I want to bin it, but no, it's still there. So, but no, you, you no, want to introduce a cushion ban? <laughs> yeah, wow. I, I think there should be a maximum any, number. Anything ban in this house, Lawrence? Anything? Mm. I think I agree. I think there should be a maximum number. I've got three, which I think is perfect. You got two, you know, two either side, then one in the centre, and it makes a little, a nice little display. Obviously, they'll get chucked on the floor, but I think three is optimum. Lars, how many have you got? Just a single cushion. Just a single. Cushion. A single. Doesn't that look a bit, you know, lost? It's just a token. It's just a token gesture because of the six pillows. You don't really need any more. You know, it's just there, sitting on top, looking, looking nice. It doesn't do anything. You, um, it's purely for decoration. How big is it? It could it's be a huge. Small, small square square cushion of uh, square. With, draw- with drawings of tits on it. Yeah. <laughs> with what? Okay. What you mean, like blue tits, great tits? That's correct. Ah, uh, very good. I bet Dale Brailsford wouldn't have allowed cushions in his hotel room when he was no, like in charge. Well, what what, what was his marginal in? cushion game? Well, funny you should say that. Do you remember the year? Was it the year that Froome first won when they were really going for it? I think I think it was Froome when they took mattresses and all the cushions things, and they decided not to stay in hotels. They stayed yeah. in the big motorhomes, so they did yeah. have optimum cushions. But also yeah. or pillows. Area. You ever get a cushion on a hotel thinking, well, someone slept on that cushion? Because it's not, it's not at a pillowcase change, is it? You know, and Ew. it makes you think, well, who's been on that, dribbling on it, whatever. You see, I wasn't agree. That, I, wasn't that the year they didn't win, though? 
I'm sure was, that was the didn't win. Was. And then they didn't uh, didn't Richie Port get then banned from using his van? Didn't they? They, they brought in a ban, didn't they? They, they said you to had use to use the Tour de France hotels. Exactly. Now, of course, I think sponsorship Wells deals. had a, an opinion on pillows, but I don't think he had an opinion on cushions. <laughs> no, <laughs> possibly not. I well, bet before though, I get too carried away, Chris. Here. Okay, go on. Have you got something written down, Matt, or can I just get one more thing in before you get go you on one to more script? thing in? <laughs> <laughs> Arrives late. Well, so, only to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just thinking that I bet Chris Froome isn't scared to go out of the van, though, in case there are too many cushions in when he, and he can't actually get back in when he arrives back. I bet he's not. Because that's my fear, is if I leave the flat, I don't be back in. You'll be replaced by more cushions. I'll be replaced by cushions. Do you know what I, I do want to know, space. though? I want to know for next time. I do want to the total count. I need to know the I'll total figure. I, yeah, yeah I'll count count for next time. I'd offer to do it now. It's just that I, you'd you'd have finished by the time I, I've counted up. <laughs> well, I should say you are listening to For the Love of Pog, a podcast mostly about cycling and not pillow talk. It seems Ooh. I am here. Mm. We. Hey, Loz is here. Hey. We. Andy is finally here. Hey. And Stu is here. Hey. Now, I don't think there's any need for too long an intro to this episode. Is there no need for a, uh, a Matthew monologue, as there's clearly only one place to start, given that its World Championships took place this very weekend. And we are recording after all the action has been done and dusted. It's only fair that we elevate what had, until this moment, had been a mere corner to something a little more befitting. So let's pick our way through the mud, sweat and beers over to Cyclocross uh, Castle. Uh, that, was, that, was Blair, that was Blair hand of history on my shoulder, that was, because you said there is no place for a Matthew monologue. And then you gave us a top Matthew monologue. Cheers. So over to Cyclocross Castle. I thought it was the wrong podcast then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What was it? Blood, blood, sweat and beers. Mud, what, sweat what, and beers. Pick our way through the mud, sweat and beers. Nice. Nice. Right. When's he going to come and tell us about living. it? Well, hold on, hold on. This weekend. <laughs> <laughs> was it this weekend? Oh. I can give you the update. I've sat through the highlights this afternoon. I've whizzed through them because there's no Did point. Did you do it deliberately, though? No, I, no, I was going to catch up. I nearly messaged you all yesterday to remind you that it was on so you could all dip in because it was on the BBC. You know, you could have all not worried about your subscriptions and watched, watched uh, the U23s. Why, why, why do that when we're waiting for your, your rapier oh. insight into what happened, you see? Okay, I'd, far, the, yeah, uh, I'd far rather get. I'd far rather hear it through you, really, rather than have to watch any. To be honest, well, I know. I, saw I know. Pictures I bring it to life, don't I, Andy? I bring it to life. You do exactly because it's not very lively otherwise. <laughs> um, let's start with the most boring one because it was only really Mathieu van der Poel because uh, mm. no one else was in the race really apart from him, um, and he just basically waltzed around and coasted it. No van Aert. Hence my name today. Where's uh, Van Aert? He wasn't there. Where's Van Aert? No Pidders. Yeah. So it was a bit. It was just a bit limp. I literally flicked through an hour of cycling, pausing every sort of twenty minutes in to see. Always oh, ten seconds ahead. Always oh, thirty seconds ahead. Always oh, forty seconds ahead. 
And then the last, oh, he went back to 30 seconds where he obviously just started to coast towards the end. So anyway, uh, yeah, he romped home, won it. No, no uh, surprises there. The women's was, I have to admit, I forgot what the women's one. I think Van Empel, I think, won it, I think. But the, the interesting thing there was it was all the Netherlands uh, in, I think, the top seven, I think. Something ridiculous. Really? Top seven in the women's? Well, no, no, there was, wow. At one point, they were all, like, at one point, there were seven of them just in positions one to seven, which was ridiculous. Wow. Uh, I, I will have to check the final scores. But the best thing was, was the under-23 women's, where Zoe Baxted for GB won. Which oh, was wow. great. Absolutely that's, romped it. And, that's uh, Magnus, very, very strong. Magnus's daughter, is that right? Yes, because mm-hmm. she won yeah. the um, she won the juniors two years ago, kept, got silver last year, and then won the gold this year. So we She's become work. so successful, surely she deserves a name, doesn't she? We can't just call her Zoe Baxted. Good point. Don't know what it'd be then. Mm. I thought I thought something would jump out from someone there, but backstop, backstop, Zoe, backstop. Yeah, so mm. backhander, Zoe. Oh, steady. Backflip. I mean, I think think <laughs> think think of it when, while I'm counting the cushions. <laughs> How many minutes did she win it by then? Uh, she won it by a minute, I think, literally a minute and a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she, she was very strong and, and, and romped home Good. and I I can't give you the under 23 men's because um, I didn't, didn't see that one I'd have to look it up anyway. and you're going to tell us about the parkour where was it at it uh, was in Tremor which is in oh god I've forgotten oh Tarbor it was in Tarbor in Tarbor. the Republic. I do know Thank that you. yeah that's it yeah. there you go I've been there it's a nice place have you oh you've actually been there yeah Big cathedral. Uh, parkour was very, it was muddy, sticky mud, sticky mud, not too, not too heavy, but um, not too wet rather, but it was, it was very, very sticky. There you go. Sounds very nice. Van Impel did win the women's, sorry, just getting it in there quick. There you go. So you had a contribution to make there, Andy, to cycle across Corner Stroke Castle. Yeah. You know, you had it's a, true. you've had a, a story. So tell us about the place. What's it like? It's a, oh gosh, it's a very long time ago though. I went there. It's very nice. Quite, I think it's sort of a shortish train ride from Prague. And it's quite nice. It's got a big cathedral or some kind of big religious building of that sort, Abbey or Cathedral. And um, yeah, lots of nice pubs, I seem to remember. I didn't ride a bike there or carry one because what I did see is pictures of them carrying their bikes. Presumably that's a bit that's too muddy or something to ride on. Or they're just carrying it to the start line. I don't know. I'm looking back, uh, lost for your expertise here because I don't know. What, they do have to carry of, it quite a lot. They do carry on things. Do. It I mean, was some... there was, there was an awful bit yeah. in the race, which not only did they have to go over the little hurdly jump things, but they were going uphill as they arrived at the hurdly jump things. So there was no way of bunny hopping them. You literally had to wow. get off your bike. You had to get off and, and carry it. Run uphill over some little hurdles, which was <laughs> horrible. So Matthew van der Graaff Generator is now world road race champion and cyclocross champion in the same... Actually, yes, that's we, the point. He, he ah, but hold on, it's last year. Three. So we, ah, but last year, so it's the third one in a row now because he won last year's World Cyclocross yeah. and then the World Road, and now he's won the Cyclocross again, sixth time, wasn't it? I think he's won it now. Who won he's the done, Who yeah. won the mountain bike? Was it Was it Pitters? Pitters won the mountain bike, didn't he? World Champions last year. Yes, because Van der Poel crashed on out for this, on for having all three. He crashed yeah. out, didn't he? Yeah. Well, he's a machine. Right. There you any go. More That's on, any more is that Zach have done? Yeah. What's happened to Stu? Stu's still there. <laughs> He's I'm still asleep. there, yeah. I didn't watch it. I mean, <laughs> I suppose this, this type of racing, it, when I was watching watch some clips of it, 
It's a bit like horse riding, isn't it? I mean, there's little hurdles. So hold on, this is in, you actually dipped in, Stu. You watched it. Well, I just, yeah, dipped in a little bit. And I was like, crikey, this looks pretty extreme. And I thought horse riding, jumping over these things, getting off and running up hills, different terrains, snow, gravel, mud, cobbles, all sorts. I mean, that's anyway. it. I think it's still on like... I'm a bit like that with it because I remember watching it in the 70s on World of Sport or early 80s and I always felt there was like a novelty value to it. Yeah. And uh, just thought, well, this is, you know, fun, but is this a real sport? And obviously, it's really competitive and the physical demands are, are there. But, you know, road cyclists used to use it as training, didn't they, during the winter, really. That was what it was for. And I st- when I still watch it, I still have that sort of sense that it's okay, but it's just a little bit novelty value. When it gets ridiculous and you're carrying your bike and it's it's so muddy, it just seems a bit a bit mad. And not it's really, like I don't really get into it in a, a real sport. It's a bit like it's a knockout. When it yeah, there's a, a little bit. Cold. There's a little bit of <laughs> there's a little bit of Stuart Hall there, isn't there? Yeah, you know, oh, maybe yeah. they should be doing. There go the Belgians. Here come the Belgians. <laughs> well. well, if ever there was a sport for here come the Belgians and obviously the, the Dutch, <laughs> then this is it, isn't it? It really yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. were, were there any comedy moments, Lars, or was, were there not? <laughs> Stuart, I was flicking forwards. So I was. I was. This is the problem. I think this is the problem with it now. It's not. I'm not sat through a race where you haven't got those top three. So maybe, you know, watching watching three or four riders slog it out that are close becomes it does become quite entertaining because then it there is a, a huge amount of skill. It really is in terms of, you know, timing it to know when to get off your bike is actually really key. Actually, decisions between running and cycling become really, really key at, at certain moments. So it is, if you get a really close race, then actually watch it, you know, it becomes quite technical and then the way people might sit off for a lap and then then put in the burst of speed for a lap or go at certain corners and that kind of stuff. And then as they hit that same corner, at least you can see, well, how could they do something slightly different to maybe make the make make the difference and get ahead? But if you just have one person blasting it at the front and no one's getting near, then there really is no point. And that that's the difficulty with it, isn't it? People just Well, I think what well, here's the difference. Off. Why don't they make it a handicap race? Vanderpol starts half a lap behind. You could make it, you do it on seedings. That might be yeah, the only way. Or do we do it in horse racing? Put some weights on his Put bike. Put weights on him. Yeah, he's mm. handicapped. Handicapped. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. does look a hard slog. And to your point, Laws, I mean, there's certainly some handling skills you need there. I mean, it looks pretty tough. Yeah, going through mud and God knows what up those hills, coming down them as well. There's a lot of people coming off, isn't there? Or the worst I mean, you can't. Anyway. Yeah, and there is. and and, and But you can't, I mean... You, Vanderpol is incredible. He's a machine and he makes it look absolutely easy and it's certainly not easy. But it's just, it, it really is, it's just not competitive. I mean, I think, I still think going to watch one would be a really interesting thing to do to see whether the difference of being there and watching it is all part of the, that makes the, the fun of the sport. Because um, does it work, is it just because it doesn't work as a, as a television sport really? Maybe well, being there is. talking of, of watching, did you, you, did you use that segue deliberately? Because, no, I didn't. Um, I'm well, we like can it. move us on, move us on. I mean, the thing about Van der Poel's, just before we move, move on, obviously he's in such great form, really looking forward to obviously the Spring Classics and he, if he's just planning to oh, blast thing to as many as possible. Sorry, before you segue, the most interesting thing is he had a little bit of hair coming out the back of his neck, almost a bit of a mullet. Mm. That's, that's the top news. Ooh. Is he growing his hair? Mm. Uh, I hope so. Well, I, I was going to say, <laughs> in the uh, talking about watching racing, 
in the last episode, we made a, a bit of a rash promise about going to watch a race, uh, Tour of Flanders particularly. Uh, Loz was pushing this hard. And uh, I mean, this is fast becoming a Loz episode here. Do you have an update Loz, on <laughs> on, uh, on what the hell's going on with our, with our trip over to um, Belgium in late March? Well, very late March, 31st of March, in fact. So over to you again. <laughs> you put me on the spot there. Okay. I've done some done some investigation, and the investigation is as me and Matthew found out when we left it late to book accommodation when we actually rode Flanders. Uh, we've left left it really late this time. Really late. Nothing yeah. available in any distance there. So, so if you want to do it, it would literally, I think, be a Cost day trip. Cost us a fortune. <laughs> well, it would be a day trip. You could do it as a day trip. You could, we could go early. We could be there. Um, yeah, well before the race starts, watch the race, drive back, done in a day. It's like going to Manchester. Although we didn't we say we could we could uh, stay further outside and then cycle in. We could if you. I don't know. The enthusiasm in in the in the pod room doesn't seem to be uh, to be all there. But I think we all said let's do it, didn't we? Well, I'm saying now, like tonight. Are we, re- Are we okay? All- people, people well, reconfirming. Well, do we go? Do we do? Do I do it? You know, round table like we did with, with the with the pillows. Do we get people to declare? Well, we we, we you know we still don't know Andy's um, hospital situation, do we? So you know where? I think it's unlikely. I'm going to be going to Flanders in March, but I don't want to stop you. Obviously, yeah, you can you can um, you can you can go and you can bring me a a Flandrian gift back. I don't know what that would well, be. We could have been out some of our listeners, you know, one or two of them might say, "We'll come." <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, we could all I'll fit in one in, car. In, we yeah. could all fit in one car, maybe. <laughs> so that'd be funny. <laughs> we could listen over. a trip. Yeah. yeah well, get <laughs> we in touch if you would like to go to the <laughs> tour of Flanders. <laughs> we could do a competition. I was, yeah, yeah, we could uh, get into a competition. Trip to the tour of Flanders. Just send in. You know, let's think of a question for the end. I've got, the it. I've got 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 okay, it. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Right. The question is how yeah. many how many cushions are in Andy's flat? <laughs> <laughs> the nearest the oh, nearest I one. The, the nearest guest wins. One listener on a yeah. <laughs> That's right. Okay, here's what we can make public public play. We will pay for one listener to come with us. There you go. We're saying it So um I was gonna say Anson a postcard. I'm trying to think how they'll get in touch with us now. We do yeah. have a, a a Twitter account. We haven't really publicised. Oh. But uh, ways of getting in touch uh, via via the podcast platforms wherever you uh, wherever you listen to us, yeah, that'd be funny. So you have to guess. We should set a deadline, shouldn't we? When's the deadline? Well, Matt, can, uh, you, can you publish the full uh, the full competition terms and conditions up? Yeah. I'll put it in the show notes. Actually, yeah, exactly. show notes for details. That'll be it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. GDPR yeah. sorted. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. It'd be funny if we were totally deluged, wouldn't it? (laughs) (laughs) And also, they're all international. So we have to fly somebody over. Yeah, that's right. And the winner is Yuri (laughs) from Japan. We didn't really need it. We do have someone who listens in Cameroon. So great. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should say we will fund the last leg. You know, yeah. from uh, f- from uh, from London. That'll be the we'll that's put, the only thing we say. We'll we'll um you know when we end up 
we, I say we, you end up sleeping in the car, there's definitely going to be a place for you. That's our guarantee. Right. Listener um, from Yaoundé in Cameroon. Is that the capital of Cameroon? I think it is. Anyway, that would be very funny. No. Yeah. Well, that, that's it. I mean, we've offered a all expenses paid trip to uh, Flanders, the tour of Flanders, if you can guess how many. Cameroon. <laughs> <laughs> Just to be clear, no. we haven't offered that. No, I think what we've offered. We <laughs> absolutely clear. That's well, is not what. No, I might Ugh. say now. I might just clear this up and say, uh, happy to run a competition to join us at the Tour of Flanders. See yep. show notes for details. I think that's, all, <laughs> yeah. I think that's the most easiest way around it. Um, yeah. Yes, but you need to get counting, Andy, because obviously the the answer is important. So, um, what we should probably do if there's a what should we do if there's a tie break? Okay, uh, number of Oof. number of cushions and what's the predominant yep. color? Yeah, that's going to be hard. Okay. Uh, Maybe there is no, there is a predominant colour. Okay, and in any case, I don't think they're going to be coming. I don't think all of the entrants to the competition are going to come round to the flat and check, are they? So I can say what the predominant <laughs> colour is, and I've got that now in my head before anybody enters the competition. I'll tell you what it is, Matt, before you put it in the show notes. So um, you know, just make it fair and transparent-ish. Uh, I'll get the number and the predominant colour for you. Very good. Right. Shall we, uh, shall we move on from Flanders? Anywhere in Flanders? No, I'd love to go, but I'll, okay. I'll, I won't be around. But what's happened to the Tour de France trip, the camper van, Pyrenees? Well, Stu's all over that. Stu? Stu. Well, actually, yeah, it's funny you should mention that. I've got a wonderful competition for listeners. We've <laughs> 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 got three camper vans. <laughs> six people. All the expenses, all the expenses paid for a week. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. Blimey. Um, we yeah. better get that. We better get that sponsorship deal sorted out pretty soon. Doing that, it will be announcing full details. Like wonderful competition. Yeah. So listening. Pounds cash to spend when you're there. <laughs> is it one of these ones hold on like they do on itv so you yeah, win yeah, you know right, you win yeah. 15 bikes and fifty thousand pounds tax free they have this big tax deal that they're about tax free so uh yeah three or four bikes spending money and time with us and maybe if they're lucky getting on the pod what we what we need to do is set up one of those um premium phone lines so obviously you know we 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 make loads of money and when people, lots of people jam the phone line or whatever it is yeah. they do now. On Calls the cost £15 plus your standard network <laughs> charge. Yeah. Depending, well, maybe a bit more <laughs> if you're in Cameroon. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if the listener won both trips and they were both, oh, yeah, both that's in Cameroon? Right. <laughs> well, I think then we'd have to try and persuade them to stay in between the Tour of Flanders and uh, just to not fly back and then you know, four flights from Cameroon, wherever you have to go via Paris, probably. (laughs) Right, let's move on then, chaps. So this is something that I saw, I I meant to mention this a couple of weeks ago, because it kind of was in the news before before Christmas. And it's about the Cycle to Work scheme, which apparently is coming under quite a lot of criticism from bike shops, and about the sort of Sort of excessive ad, excessive admin charges that are that are being uh, levied by the people who run the schemes, and some of the cycle shops are just not making money, especially on bikes that they're discounting. 
and right. uh, everyone's calling for sort of you know urgent reform of it. Now I don't know whether you've used this scheme. I've used it three times, right? But bought uh, two road bikes, uh, two, sorry, two Bromptons, and and a road bike. And every time I've done it, I must admit the scheme gets seems to get more complicated. There are more sort of more paperwork to go through, more little charges here and there. It just becomes more bloody complicated. So from my experience, I can kind of see what people are going on about, but. You know, it, it started off as a really sort of tax efficient way to buy a bike, but it just feels like it's becoming really, really cumbersome. And I don't know whether, you know, what people thought about it. Well, explain the link because I must admit I read it. And what 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 are people? Mo- what is the cycle shops moaning about? They are moaning because the the cycle to work op scheme operators, because they're independent operators of government, are just charging more admin fees. So, which are paid for by the shop. So everyone's right. paying a little right. bit. So, as a customer, you're paying a bit of a fee, and the bike shop's paying a bit of a fee, and they're just not making much money on the bikes anymore. So this so the like scheme itself, up and up and up. The scheme, so the scheme itself is just sort of nibbling at the edges, basically. Yeah, just 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 adding extra admin fees, and the bike shops are just thinking, well, it's not really worth us really taking part right. in the scheme. And I just felt, from my experience, it just seemed to be. I, I, there were too many people involved. It, I, I don't really see the point in having a person in the middle to run the scheme because it's just about a tax code, really. Well, I, I've, I've never done it because where I've worked and the end, looked in there for the last six years, I've done it, that my work chose not to do it. And they chose to give people a loan instead, which is completely ridiculous. But for some reason, they chose not to do the cycle to work scheme and cited probably cited some reasons of complexity. But they chose to do a loan, and then the loan basically said you had to use Halfords. Right. Well, that's similar to the which, scheme that I've been is, involved with. Because which the, is nuts. Yeah, because with the cycle-to-work yeah. schemes, you have to choose a shop. So you are yeah. linked to a particular shop, which then reduces but, but your that, choice. As long as it's a shop that you want to choose, but not you have to use a partic- you have to use this shop. Yeah, well, that's what, most, that's what most of the schemes do, unfortunately. Well, that's yeah, but I, Halfords are one, as Matt puts it, one of those what do you call them, organisations, whatever, that organise the cycle-to-work scheme. So that sounds to me then that they are, I've got double bubble, they're the ones that organise it, but then they also sell a bike as well. Yeah. I don't know, Just that be- may that may be true, Stu. I don't know when we were using Halfords in my uh, the uh, my, my company, that, that was there was an additional cycle-to-work scheme on top of it. So Harvard's may now become an operator as well, but it, it, even that it just feels really complicated. And even if they are, if, they, if they've got foot in both camps, so that seems crazy as well to me. But the whole thing yeah, just feels a very weird way of promoting cycle usage to me now. Well, what was the I mean, point it, of it? Was it originally to try and get more people to cycle to work? Yes. It was, and when it was first launched, the the allowance was quite high, so you could have up to a five thousand pounds, I think it was, and then it was reduced to three, and then it was down to one, and uh, you had the tax relief on that. And what people were doing every year, because there was no, um, there was no rules against it, people were buying five thousand pound bikes and then selling them, and next year getting another one. And yeah. actually making a little bit of money each time. So they reduced it to a thousand. It wasn't just bikes, you could buy equipment as well. So it was a way of, you know, it was a good way of getting people to think, oh, okay, I can buy a bike. If I'm going to buy a bike, I might as well buy it through a cycle to work scheme. Of course, if you want something really top end, you might not do it that way. So it was it was a goodish system. And maybe it's kind of it's run its course. It's not the best way now in order for people to buy brand new bikes. I don't I don't know. Um, I suppose. But I suppose you get. You know, you get a sort of. Mm, 
It's less your personal allowance, isn't it? But you get you know twenty percent reduction, isn't it? Something like that. Because it's I think if you're a higher paid rate, a fire, it's uh, less um, I think you can get the full the higher rate tax right. relief on it as well. Yeah. So yeah. it's a, it's you know it can be a good a good saving. But then you pay the fees on top now, so they're grabbing some of it back. I think. Oh uh, yeah. But, you see, I've only done, I've done it once. It was a long time ago. It's two thousand and six. First Brompton. But the um uh but yeah there was it was very simple then. There were allocated bike shops, but I think the employer I was with at the time had three different shops from memory. But there was no middle person. But it's, this smacks, I think Stu's right, this smacks of kind of, yeah, organisations, sort of almost like there was a bit of the tax office, bit, bit of HMRC or some bit of government doing this. And then they've obviously kind of outsourced that bit. And whoever's doing that outsourced bit, i.e. Holford's whoever, um, you know, not obviously wanting to um, anybody from Holford's who would like to come on and explain their role oh. is very welcome to do so in is the this, next I was episode. Say, yeah. we, are we looking? Are we looking for sponsorship? Because because maybe we, not. We should, um, we're not sure. We, I'm not sure. I think we might have lost them as well now. Already, we've I killed think we've them. already we've lost like, them. Yeah, I think we've already lost them. But to save the libel case against for the love of Pog. I just want to give them the right of reply before saying that, um, you know, obviously, obviously, obviously they're, um, you know, uh, they it might be in their interest, therefore, to kind of pork up that part of it, you know, in order to make the administration oh, yeah, cost quite this, high. This is what we've just heard. It's, it's reported, as Matt said. Yeah, this is the allegations yeah. from the small, you know, the small bike retailers, is that is the case, is that, you know, the people in the yeah. middle are putting those costs onto the onto those retailers and they're making Onto their retailers, yeah. Look, any cycle seems got to be good, but obviously, from what I'm hearing, allegedly, it's not working for the, the small retailers. But, you know, if people really want to get on their bike to work, this, you know, as you said, everyone, everyone seems, people who are into cycling in London have used the scheme. And as you said, Matt, you'd see those bikes that they got for five grand on eBay a year later. <laughs> That's when they right. Were selling yeah. them because they were just getting another five grand bike, an upgrade. And these people could afford yeah. the bikes in the first place, and they were cycling likely in the first place anyway. And already but, you know, cyclists. If the aim yeah. of the team is to get people to cycle to work. Yeah. Then you know the reality is they need to make it safer on the roads. That's the one thing. That's the biggest barrier to kids cycling to school or people cycling to work. It's not about oh I can't afford a bike. I mean crikey, we discussed this before, isn't it? Cycling has to be the cheapest way to get around if it's doable, as long as you're not cycling like 40 miles in the country in the in the wet, whatever, uphill, down dale. Um, but in cities, it's got to be made. Matthew here, jumping in, just to apologise, really, for that rather abrupt ending to the episode. It would seem that technical issues got the better of us. We're not really sure why everything stopped, which is a bit of a shame, as we hadn't actually noticed, and we gabbled on for a good 10 minutes before we realised. And then when we did realise and try and record again, we couldn't get things working then either. So sorry about that. We promise to try much harder next time.